welcome back to episode 37 of the podcast. You're here with Hoop Saney and the infamous ZZ Huncho as always, but we're also joined by Zach Schwartz, co-host of the Out of Pocket podcast. Uh, great to have you here. It's good to be here. I appreciate you guys having me on. Saney and I go back quite a ways now. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, so we're going to talk some just general NBA stuff to start, but we're going to give you some questions at the very end. Uh, this was not on schedule, but I had to talk about it because the Knicks are rolling right now. Uh, Eight-game win streak. I think like 18-13 right now. If they went tonight against the Raptors, 19-13, fifth in the East. No one saw us here but me. Uh, but that's the question is, I'm not here to showboat or any of that. They'll save that for a later date. I want to talk about the three Knicks pieces that are not in the rotation right now because they have three pretty valuable guys that are not a part of this win streak and they're not going to get playing time anytime soon. Uh, you tell me where you think these guys should end up or where they will end up. Derek Rose, Cam Reddish, Evan Fournier. Zach, let's start with you. I uh, I still hold out that Cam Reddish is going to be something exciting, right? Like, uh, I loved him in college. I think going into the draft, I, I was like, I think he's an intriguing prospect. I still think the Knicks haven't figured out the best way to use him yet. But of all those names you just said, he's the only one that I think can, if he figures it out, take a team to another level. I love Fournier. I, just, I don't know what's going to be left in the tank. And I think if you're holding your breath for anything from Derrick Rose at this point in Derrick Rose's career, uh, you're asking a lot. And I, I think that's kind of the reality. I think, honestly, they should free Cam Reddish. But the problem is you got to play him so that someone's willing to trade for him or do anything of the sort, and I don't think they're going to do that. But, um, yeah, I, I think of all those guys, Cam's the only one that's worth holding your breath for any kind of uh, giant leap. Uh, Z, he just said Derek Rose doesn't have anything left in the tank. How you feel about that, dog? It's an absolutely <laughs> uh, blasphemous statement. Um, I think Derek Rose has value. I think Derek Rose provi will provide value for a uh, contender off of the bench. Um, they think that Rose can be utilized much better than he is in New York. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think he's being held hostage in New York. Um, and I just don't like that. Uh, Evan Fournier personally don't care. Uh, mm. uh, Cam Reddish on the other hand, uh, I agree. I think that I've been also holding out on Cam Reddish, uh, when he was coming to the Knicks, uh, through that trade what was it last year who wasn't it right? Yeah. So last year when he came through. I remember a lot of Knicks fans being very high on him uh, three, from his three-point shot, three and D guy, just another. He's guy Zion bait. In. Forget the attributes. He's Zion bait. He was Zion bait. Him and for RJ. Sure. <laughs> the little, the little reunion and all that stuff. But yeah, I think that since he's been there so far, it's just been hard to kind of, kind of find a role for him. I don't know if it's Tibbs himself, uh, or if uh, I think it's a mix of both. Not only just Tibbs, but his individual play. I remember he was uh, wasn't he the wasn't he the guy that was out there asking for like more minutes, but putting up terrible production. And Knicks fans that were was like, that no, ended up gotta... being a myth. That ended up being a myth that he was it. That was a myth. His Instagram story. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. No, nah, 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 he like got that. Nah, but, uh, nah, Saney, what do you think about it. any of these players? Um, well, I'm gonna side with Z on the Evan Fournier. I don't care. Um, I don't think he's going to make a huge difference on really any team he put him on at this point. I think he's just going to like ride out the tail end of his career. I think internationally he's a bucket. Um, mm. And then when he comes back to the Knicks, he's nothing. I don't understand it. Um, but with Derrick Rose, I want to see Derrick Rose on a contender. I think I have to agree with Zach in terms of how much can he really do um, impact-wise 
if he's like he he's not going to be a major contributor. He's not going to be like the big piece. He's not the make or break player. But I would love to see him on a team like the Bucks, or a team like let's say the Clippers, like any Let team me, that could use a backup. New Orleans point guard. can use New a point Orleans. Guard. New Orleans, yeah. It's isn't it I can, CJ I can at the lead guard see, spot like, and they play Jose Alvarado? Yeah, they also have Devontae Graham, but they just don't use him. I'd take Derrick Rose in a playoff series over Devontae Graham. For sure. Um, the time is over sure. 100. Well, other than those two, the big, obviously the biggest name here is Cam Reddish. I have been an advocate, a- advocate for Oklahoma to trade for Cam Reddish since he was available in trade talks last year. In, in, a, in, a, in a, like two weeks, it's going to be – in like two, three weeks, it'll be a year since he got traded to the Knicks. Um, and I remember seeing that trade package and thinking, why the hell did Sam Presti not pull the trigger on this? Because mm. they gave up Cam Reddish for little to nothing, the Hawks. They, yeah. they, they, I, I don't remember the exact deal, but I remember looking at it and being mind blown. Um, I think Oklahoma definitely has the pieces to trade for Cam Reddish. I would give up, honestly, I'd give up a guy like Darius Baisley or someone to get Cam Reddish in Oklahoma because I would love that. Um, but I, I really hope that Cam Reddish doesn't stay on the Knicks because I think if he's up for trade, I think if he's in the market uh, for a trade, Oklahoma is like one of the contending teams to get him. And lastly, before we move on, Zach, you said you still have high aspirations for Reddish. What kind of player do you think he could develop into, and what kind of level can he take a team to? And like, what role could he play? I, I genuinely—I mean, I thought he could be a good, like a serviceable starting guard. I, I think my expectations were, or uh, serviceable starter rather. Uh, I think my expectations were somewhat uh, lowered. So I'd say, like, if he can figure his thing out and get to being a very productive sixth man, seventh man, that's probably where the ceiling is now. I I just think that this far into a career, you don't usually see guys suddenly figure it out. Um, I think there are far fewer. There aren't a lot of Geno Smiths out there, and there are far fewer of them in the NBA. So I just I don't know. I think that's kind of what you have to expect now. I really thought he'd be a good starting player in the NBA. maybe an all-star twice in his career, once in his career on a year where someone gets hurt and he can replace, but obviously that's not happening. Yeah. If we can, uh, if we can move on now, the one thing I'll say is Cam Reddish has no floor. Uh, he's the most hot and cold player. I think on mm. the Knicks, <laughs> he could be a nice defender one night, but then he's reaching passing lanes, stupid turnovers. He has no arc on his shot. And that leads to some awful misses when he's off um and it's unfortunate because when he is playing well he's a harassing defender he can knock down threes nice shot creator but when people were still when he was traded from the hawks and they said oh they just traded the next paul george like no no one's trading the next paul george (laughs) so i think he needs he needs to have his expectations lowered but if uh we could be led into our next segment our next segment of the day is called the ad list lakers now ladies and gentlemen the lakers reportedly seek are seeking additional opinions on anthony davis's foot injury as you all know he exited the denver nuggets game uh and where he apparently went up in midair and and just got hurt i I genuinely don't know how my man got hurt but apparently reports are speculating that it's just as bad if not the same level as chet holgram which is is just unfathomable to me uh, Anthony Davis, 29-year-old, you already know, averaging 27 on the year with 12 rebounds and two blocks a game. Honestly, in my opinion, leading candidate for Depoy. Uh, the Lakers started off the season 2-10, and 10, but with Anthony Davis going stupid on that run, they were 10-4 and four before he got hurt. So my question to you guys is, what is the fate of the Los Angeles Lakers season with Anthony Davis reportedly being out for more than multiple weeks now? Now it's looking a little bit 
more dark than than we than we anticipated. But I want to know what does this do to the Los Angeles Lakers going forward with the remaining core that they have intact. Zach, I want to start with you. Uh, I mean, it sucks. We were, I was talking to a friend and he and I have both kind of lamented the fact that Anthony Davis always gets hurt. And it was so fun watching him play and play in a way where it was like, oh, this is this is like what we as Lakers fans kind of always hoped he could be. Uh, but you kind of knew in the back of your mind, this was probably how this journey was going to end at some point this season of him having to take some time off for injury. It's sort of just the reality with him. I think. I, re- I think Jovan Buha uh, had an article today about the Lakers trying to trade for uh, Bradley Beal and how that would all work. I don't know the math of the contracts. I know that there are big numbers involved. I don't, you know, Russ has played in a way that he's now uh, something the Lakers probably don't want to give up. But they have to do something uh, now. And I didn't want them to trade him, Russ, because it was really fun watching that kind of team click back together it's been fun watching Russ uh figure out his role with this team and I know I know Sandy and I've had some long Russ conversations but uh that being said the short answer is they're gonna have to make a trade I, I don't know if they're gonna if they're gonna just pull the trigger on Miles Turner and Buddy Heald uh but I don't know what they're gonna do but they're gonna have to make a trade um, going on to what Zach said, I 100% agree because just to give you some quick facts about the Lakers without AD, um, they, in the five games he hasn't played so far this season, uh, due to injuries, they're two and three and their two wins come from, uh, a game against the Spurs, mm-hmm. which they only won by five and they let the Spurs score 138 points that game and <laughs> a win against the Wizards, which they only beat, they only beat the Wizards by two and reminder, I think the Wizards just got their first win the other night, but before that they were on a 10 game losing streak. Um, so they're not pretty wins. So don't let that two and three, uh, record without AD, you know, skew your view on, on how they are without him. Um, I think without Anthony Davis, the Lakers are in huge trouble. The fact that you start your season two and 10, and then you go on this little spurty run and then it's starting to have some hopes like, okay, a play in is now possible before I, I thought they were lottery. And I thought the Pelicans were going to get Victor Wembanyama. Yes. Yeah, so that's, that's what I thought the Lakers, because the last time the Lakers were two and 10 was back in. Uh, 2015, 2016, when they had that horrendous 17 and 65 record, mm. um, that was the path that they were leading down, and it was embarrassing, honestly, because when you have LeBron, AD, and Russ, you should never be going two and ten. I, yeah, going heading into this season, and and Zach, Zach knows I'm a huge Russ fan. The beginning of last season, I remember we had that live, and I was saying they were going to win the chip. Like I was so high on the Lakers, and they ended up crashing down so fast. And heading into the season, I said it on the show during the summer bef- as well. It can't be worse. There was no possible way things can get worse than what, what it was last season. It, it is not possible. And they, against all odds, the one time they want to, the one time, or the one thing they want to prove me wrong on is that, um, which is ridiculous. And I think without Anthony Davis, they need to pull the trigger now. I hate to say it. They got to get rid of Russ. As, as well as Russ is playing off the bench, you need Buddy Heald or Miles Turner or some sort of deal like that. The fact that they, they want to give up all of their first round picks while they're trash now, but they don't want to give up any in 2027 to try and at least win now when you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Now is the time you want to salvage picks. Where was that mindset beforehand? Because now you're just going to go through five years of, of not even mediocrity, but just embarrassing season after season. You're just ruining your reputation as a franchise, letting these guys ride out, letting guys like mm-hmm. LeBron and AD ride out with no draft picks. Imagine a generational talent, Victor Wembanyama. you're in talks of getting him in the lottery and you have to send them to the Pelicans. 
because of how bad you are. And, and Rob Polinka, he doesn't want to pull the trigger on anything. He's scared to trade Russ. After the season Russ had last year, and this is coming from the biggest Russ fan in the world, how, how was that trade not done? I, th- there has to have been something that wasn't reported to indicate why they did not pull the trigger on that because Russ gave no reason for him to stay on that team. $47 million. And you're, you're getting rid of a $47 million player who's contributing maybe $5 million worth of basketball. Mm. And all you're giving up is one first-round pick in 2027. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I don't understand it, but I, I, I have to side with Zach here. If AD's out, you got to pull the trigger on something quick. If you want to save this season, because you're not in a position where you can lose games. Wait, mm-hmm. are we pretending like there's – what are they saving? If Anthony Davis has this Chet injury, he's done for the year. What are the Lakers I don't think it's that severe because that's Turner. just a, that, that, because everywhere else I'm looking at it's if saying he when, could come back AD's this season back you have a point you have a point that, that he's coming back that's what I mean I'm not that that Chet thing was a a, a doctor fears yeah, like, that's yeah, not yeah. that's not a yeah I've seen that hey before. I gotta <laughs> I gotta get on basketball forever because then they're misleading me they posted that on Instagram so. yeah but it was like it was like <laughs> um, it was like, Alex, report, if like you're some, seeing some this. doctor was saying that like they fear that it could be as bad it's just like I, until I hear a, a straight-up report, right. I'm assuming that Anthony Davis is coming back. I'm never right. going to go off the basis of a doctor that watched a video of him getting injured. I, so, right. yeah, if if, uh, if he's going to come back, then, you know, make the trade. But at this point, i just let LeBron break his record. I'd let Russ get some numbers. I think the Lakers have nowhere to go, like with or without AD. He's going to go down again. I tried being hopeful because I told you guys at the start of the season – I don't know if I told you, but I made a video saying that I thought he'd be deep boy and I thought he would stay healthy this season. And we were talking about superstars and Kawhi and AD and like, do you have to wait for them to come back and be bad to keep them out of superstardom? Because like when they're good, they're, you know, when they're healthy, they're good. And Anthony Davis just continues to go down. Um, But if we're all done with that topic, I'd love to get into another superstar. Uh, This guy's been struggling really badly lately. Trey Young, super inefficient. We're going to play this or that. We've done it before with John Stockton. It got nasty. <laughs> We've done it before with some other players. Usually there's like a bad narrative surrounding them before we do I the I forgot that. there was a month straight of us just ripping John Stockton. Just destroying John for Stockton. For no reason. Bro. What's, what's your, hold on. Zach, what's your you take on what, John Stockton? Do you know what Trey Young would do to John Stockton? Facts. John, <laughs> facts. John, He's one of us. John Stockton fucking is getting cooked if he plays in today's league. <laughs> if John Stockton... John Stockton has more place at the January 6th insurrection than he does playing in the NBA today. <laughs> okay? Uh, that's where I sit with that. You put hey, fuck that whole jazz Fuck Carl Malone. They went off at me for saying this, and I want to hear your personal opinion, okay? Where, who are you taking? A prime John Stockton. I, I said the latter, by the way. I didn't say John Stockton. Or a prime yeah. Kyle Lowry. Oh my! God. <laughs> I said Still, history, I history I becomes so disrespectful. Kyle Lowry. We, we were saying Rondo. Like, Rondo. Hey, they. I mean, J- John Stockton. All due respect to all those assists he has. There is something he had to do something well to do that. Like I, no one will probably get to where he got with assists. I don't think I could be wrong, but um, they hunted him on screens and shit like that. And he would get cooked on defense and shit. So I, I would rather have Lowry probably. But uh, <laughs> um, fuck, I love the disrespect. Yeah, um, we got down to who would you say besides Rondo? Was it like Chauncey Billups or someone like that? It, it got I said I'd take Rondo. I would take Kemba Walker. I would take <laughs> Kemba. Uh, Kemba's crazy. Kemba's crazy. I was bro. I was thinking it in the terms of 
Oh like, listen, God. I understand John Stockton's impact on the game. Like, yes, he's the all-time leading in assists. I'm not disrespecting him in terms of, like, I don't think but he what did he do? in today's league. But what did he do? But what did he do? <laughs> what, where where is the bag? Along. I am looking for the bag. As a guard, you need a bag in this era. Where uh, is yeah. the bag? Like, I never understood why Henry Chris Paul's discussion. Um, right. Well, we had, I mean, not to jump ahead, but we had Boogie on the show, and he said, and it's funny because, like, he teed that segment up as calmly as he could, but before I the show, that he was he was like, Chris Paul doesn't belong anywhere near those guys. But and what I had forgotten about is that Chris Paul and Demarcus are not cool with each other. Exactly. There's a there's a great YouTube video about their beef history. Uh but you know, I think that's probably steering a lot of that conversation. Well, um I think when Chris he Paul said that I was like, didn't John he? Stockton. When he said that, I was like, didn't didn't I see a clip when I was like eight of Boogie just chucking the ball off Chris Paul's back just just because yeah. he just yeah. launched it. They're I was like, not that. I just don't think they're cool. I genuinely no. don't think that they're good buddies. No, they're not. I don't. I don't know. No. All right. Well, getting into some Trey Young disrespect. As a Knicks fan, this warms my heart. Um, oh my god. We're doing this or that. I'm gonna name two players. One of them being Trey Young. Tell me who you would take right now as your starting point guard. Uh, we're going to go okay. Zach, Saney, and then Z. And let's try to get through all these players here, and then we could wrap back to discussion and debate and whatnot. Starting off, yep. Steph Curry. Steph. But, oh, fuck, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Wait, uh, Steph, 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 Steph. What, what butt is there? Yeah, hey, we'll, we'll go there? back to that. We're circling back to that butt. <laughs> I was about he's, to, we'll circle he's back injured. To I, I'm hoping he's saying he was injured. Uh, <laughs> next up, Luka Doncic. Luka. Saini? Luka Doncic. Sorry. I thought you were thinking. Luka. Yeah, for real. Luka <laughs> Doncic. Uh, Shea Gilders Alexander. Shea. Oh, he's thinking. Shea. I'm going SGA for sure. Damian Lillard. Dame. 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 Although, actually, no. No, let me go back. Trey. Ooh, okay. We'll, we'll back. Today, Trey. I'm taking Dame. I'm going to take Dame. Ja Morant. Ja. Ja. Ja Shiesty. Kyrie Irving. Trey. Are we talking like as a Don't switch player? up now. Mm-hmm. Don't switch mm-hmm. up now. Well, like we're, yeah, we're, you're, you're no, saying like you today. Said you'd ra- who, not would you career. rather as your starting point guard? Like, no, yeah, like starting today. point guard today. Yeah, yeah. Who's Trey? Like they were. Trey. I'm assuming they're playing every game, right? Like not the Kyrie, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kyrie Irving. I'm gonna no, Trey. no, no. Trey you get Ky- no, 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 no. That's where we disagree. No, no. You get Kyrie with all the YouTube brain that he has. He yeah, that's what I'm saying. Every game, I'm saying you get Kyrie as often as Kyrie wants to play. I'm, well, am not. I getting Kyrie wearing Skechers, or am I just getting Kyrie yeah. as a basketball player? No, <laughs> you're getting Skechers Kyrie. <laughs> yeah. In a flannel and chain on the sideline. Kyrie and some shape-ups. <laughs> uh, next up, point guard James Harden. Ooh. Trey. I'm taking Harden. I'm Hunch taking Harden. That's actually a tough one. I'm going to go Harden. I'm going to go Harden on this one, too. Tyrese Halliburton. Ooh. I th- this is easy for me. 
I think I still go Trey. I'm going Tyrese just because of like how like aren't the Pacers better than the Hawks right now? Like he is, is that the that sole reason? No, but like Ty, I'm taking Tyrese because I would rather him as a point guard. He would elevate my team better than Trey Young would. From so. from watching from watching a lot of Pacers games this year, I'm taking Horton here as a Halliburton. I'm taking him. I'm taking mm. him for sure. My, my <laughs> I name, like that nickname. <laughs> that's his new name, courtesy of Hancho. You're welcome. Uh, De'Aaron Fox. Trey. Yeah, I'll take Trey in this case. Trey, for sure. I'm not going to – I mean, I would take Trey over De'Aaron too, but the fact that y'all thought about the other ones and not De'Aaron shows how underrated he is. He is he's, extremely underrated. However, I just now. think – I think facilitation aspect, Trey just kind of – He's he's in underrated, a, in a, but in, in relation to other NBA guards, there is a lot more guards that are better than De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, next, an argument of him to be in the bottom top ten of yeah. point guards. We're getting mm-hmm. down down here, but uh, Darius Garland. Ooh, Trey. Ah, I don't know. I don't know. I like Garland, man. Mm, I love Garland's too, game, but I'm gonna go with Trey. But I think Garland very soon is gonna overtake him. I'm gonna go Trey. I'm gonna go Trey for now. Give me give me like two more months of, of Darius Garland though. Let me let me let me see what the Cavaliers looking like in two months. Lamelo Ball. Oh God. <laughs> uh Trey. Yeah, I'm taking Trey with this one. I'm gonna take Trey. Lamelo's just Lamelo. Yeah, I'm gonna take Trey. I'm gonna take Trey. I'm not even gonna go there. And then uh, lastly, Drew Holiday. Trey. But... Oh. I wanted to see how disrespectful Sani was gonna get. I wanted to see. That's why I'm going I love down Drew. the list. No, I'm no, I, no, Trey, no. But... I, I know you do. I just I, I thought you were gonna take gonna say... Drew over Trey. No, like, I'm taking Trey. I'm that. taking Trey. I'm taking Trey, obviously, but Drew was underrated. He has an underrated if, he's an underrated presence. If I need him to guard Steph Curry, I'll take Drew. But other than that, I'm taking Trey. So let's circle back uh True. to Tyrese Halliburton. Mm-hmm. Let's oh, you don't want to do the Steph Curry. You don't want me to finish the <laughs> Steph Curry. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you actually a had a what's the bot? Yeah. I have a, well, I've been making this argument for a long time. And it's not that that Trey is better than Steph. It's that on trajectory, especially because of those first years where Steph didn't play, get the minutes injured, all that stuff, that Trey will likely have a really good shot at breaking any records that Steph sets. Now, the 3.1 or whatever Steph ends up sitting there, that's going to be the hard one. But I do think there is a lot of things scoring-wise, assists. Trey's going to have way more than Steph will. And so I just think... From a trajectory standpoint, he may not get the rings. If he goes and is the second second option on a team and wins some titles, I don't think we should shun him for doing that. And I also think you need to take a deep look at the end of everything at how well Trey has done. That's all. Yeah, you're taking Steph Curry now. You're, yeah. No, no, no right, question right, about right. that. No, no, no question no. about that. Uh, so let's get to Halliburton. Uh, Zach, why are you taking Trey over Halliburton? I don't know who I'm agreeing with you. I, I mean, think you're, both of you guys. Trey, I, I understand, like, you can tell me that he's he's been on loser teams for a lot of this run, but the these, so year one, 20 a game, year two, 30, year three, 25, year four, 28, year, what, what do we, uh, sorry, year four, uh, year five, sorry, God damn it. Uh, yeah, you're five, 27.3. And it's just um, the assists, too. 
Like he's right now he's averaging twenty seven and ten. I get it. Like they're not a great team. I also think he hasn't had really great players around him. I thought Murray would help, but it's been clear that like they don't know how to play together. And I think that him having to do hero ball for as long as he has, he has no idea how to play as a second option. And so that's going to make it hard for him. But I don't know, like Halliburton has been awesome. He's, he's two years younger than Trey, but he's 10 points short of what Trey has and is still an assist shy of what Trey's giving you. So, um, you know, he plays better defense, uh, uh, certainly than Trey, but I don't know. That's sort of where I sat with it. The way I looked at it, because when Hoop said it, he said, who would you rather have as your starting point guard? The reason I took Halliburton is because I think Halliburton does a better job at facilitating. I think he's a much better team player. He definitely gets guys involved more. Uh, like to me, that 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 crazy run that Halliburton was going on with just no turnovers and just racking up assists, game on game, game in, game out, and even the turnovers he, he's getting, they're not they're not crucial to me. Like it'll be so like garbage time. Saney, you, a Russell Westbrook fan, are going to tell right. me that someone can have double digit assists and but is not a good facilitator. A... No, 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 no. I never said Trey was a bad one. I said I think I, I believe that Halberton is a better facilitator. I think Trey Young is amazing. I think a big uh, turnoff for me when it comes to Trey Young pause is his efficiency. You didn't um, need to pause that. That's not uh, that bad. I, whenever Z is in the call, whenever Z is in the call, I have to. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a big um, pause. Resume. Go ahead. Thank you. Uh, he's the pause police. Anyway, um, I. I, I don't like Trey's efficiency at all. And I think it's it's not like he's in a slump. It's like every season we're seeing it. Um, I think a big... And, and, and people want to say, oh, he had that one series in 2021 where the Hawks went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, whatever. His efficiency was terrible that year in the playoffs as well. Like, he, it's not something... He's not a playoff riser in terms of, uh, like, improving in certain aspects of the game. He just shoots the ball more. And he's doing the exact same thing that we've seen him do before. Um, again, Trey Young's a great player. I love his game. I think if he can become a little more efficient, he takes that jump to be like a guaranteed all-star every season where it's like he's like one of the biggest threats in the league. But his efficiency is really bad at points. He will disappear in a, in a lot of big moments as well. A big uh, example of this was the Miami series mm. with the Hawks. That man disappeared like I have never seen a point guard disappear in a series before. And nobody talks about that enough because the Hawks don't really have a lot of media attention around them. Nobody really cares about the Hawks. But with Tyrese Halliburton, I feel like the last thing I expected going into this season were the Pacers were going to be relevant again. Tyrese Halliburton, I know a lot of guys want to talk about the big step that a lot of these Pacers rookies are taking, Andrew and, and Benedict Matherin. The biggest reason that the Pacers are great I'm not going to call them great because that's indicating that, you know, they're contenders. But the biggest reason that the play, the Pacers can contend for a playoff spot again is because of Tyrese Halliburton. Hmm. That's why sure. I'm I'm taking Tyrese because he he is really the expectations I've had for him, he has surpassed but miles. Like he has went miles ahead of it. And and he to me he's putting himself in that discussion where there's an argument for him to be a a top 7 point guard in the league right now. Yeah, shit. And at the start of the season or was it 10 15 games in when we had that uh that that top five point guard debate i had him at three and the main reason that That's i had so brody crazy. at three so it crazy. is crazy and then looking back on it um yeah, i had so. brody at three but the reason i had brody at three was because like sandy said bro was just going out there dropping doms and not turning the ball over we all expected the pacers to be at the bottom of the eastern conference and then tyrese halliburton shows up and is the saving grace for indiana now back to sandy's point on trey young a lot of people used to when i was when i would talk to my homies about trey young 
the inefficiency argument, I never paid close attention to it until probably last year in the playoffs when Trey Young shot 18% from three um, in five games. Like Sandy said, that disappearance was absolutely unexpected. I was expecting Trey to ball out like he did the year before. And then the year before, he he balled out. But when you look closely at the numbers, shooting 41% from the field and 31% from three, the num- like nobody really, I don't think anybody really looked into the in-depth stats. They were just so you know, shocked at how, at, you know, how he made the Knicks his bitches, but you know, whatever. Mm. Um, after that though, my thing is Trey Young is obviously a facilitating God. Like we know that, right? Um, we always knew that when he walked into the league, my thing is when I'm comparing him to Tyrese Halliburton though, is Halliburton, when I've watched these Pacers games, the flow of that offense, any guy that's getting hit, whether he's at the three point line, if he's in the corner, if he's in the paint, Nine times out of ten, it's coming from Tyrese and something that he did. I was watching the Warriors game, right? Uh, Tyrese was was shooting pretty damn good, I think, in the second half to the point where the Warriors, every time he touched the ball, you see the, you, he sees a double team coming, and he immediately just finds a way to draw up a play. He, he would either pass fake, drive in, find a guy that nobody sees, like things like that. I'm just watching him this season. And the way in which he distributes the ball to me, is just a lot more than what I see from a Trey Young. In recent years, when we watched Trey Young distribute the ball without DeJounte Murray there, I mean, you, you get your occasional lob to John Collins, your occasional lob to Clint Capella, uh, things of that nature. But the way that Halliburton is doing it, I think, and it might just be a height difference, I don't know, um, but the way that Halliburton's doing it is he's just distributing it so much better and in a lot more uh, creative ways for a point guard of his stature. And I think that when you look at that and you look at the fact that he did lead the league in assists, I don't know if he's still leading the league in assists right now, but I know he's top three. Um, but the reason the, the reason for that is just because of how great he is and how much he knows, you know, how to just maneuver around with his stature and how he, he knows his game. I, I, I've seen him. I've seen him in the Warriors game hit a step back three and I didn't even think he was going to pull it. But having the confidence of knowing that the defense doesn't know if you're about to pass the ball or not, or if you're about to drive in and kick, things of that nature, he has that confidence at such an early age. And so right now, I'm going to I'm gonna give him that, you know, give him his flowers, because Trey's inefficiency is something that I just cannot try and defend anymore. Like, you're I, a point guard, I get DeJounte's there, I get all of these things, but we've seen it so many times, and it's just like, when are you kind of going to shape it up? Uh, he's shooting 35% from three for his career so far. And, you know, that that needs to improve even by like a couple of like just a couple. I need something more. But Hoop, what were you going to say? I just think using the he knows when to score and when to pass thing for Tyrese is weird when comparing him to Trey because Trey is the ultimate double threat and he's producing more as that double threat i'm taking trey over halliburton i remember when we did the top five point guards trey might have been four or five and then halliburton was like seven or something like that i'm still doing mm-hmm. it because i know when it's the end of the game and the ball's in his hands does despite the inefficiencies i didn't i can expect me i can expect him to generate some sort of good look uh against the knicks it wasn't him necessarily doing all the damage until the fourth quarter it was him distributing to herder and bogdanovich it was the shooters that killed us and it's because of Trey's gravity. He would get a defender on his back. He'd throw the lob to Collins, whatever. And it looked a little different with DeJounte Murray in the scheme. But I'm not going to pin not, not having chemistry on him yet. I also really don't like the Atlanta bench right now. I like A.J. Griffin as an up-and-coming guy. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. I just think the team... I'm not going to pin the team against... I've seen too much of Trey Young. I know the talent is there. And which is why, as a talent, I am taking Trey Young over Tyler Salburn. Yeah, I, that's the issue I have a little bit. Is like We want to blame 
trade for these woes the Hawks are having. It's like, well, something changed in the last year, and it hasn't been Trey Young. And so part of me wonders, like, I think I think if you switched both guys, both would benefit greatly. If you switched Tyree, if, if Tyrese came over to Atlanta and Trey went to Indiana, things would look a lot better for both of them. I think Tyrese would be in the running to be an MVP if he wanted to. I mean, right. Um, it's just interesting. I, I, part of me wonders if it's fatigue with Trey, like from our perspective in that, like he's been fucking good, but in very inefficient, almost like James Harden, like where you're kind of like, okay, you hunt your, you hunt your 28 a game and your 10 assists, but it's not efficient Four turnovers, averaging four turnovers for his whole career. Um, so I, I do wonder, and I, I, it bums me out cause I had a lot, I have a lot of Trey young stock. So I do, I just sort of want to, I thought that the Murray thing would help him a lot me and too. that it hasn't, uh, it's sort of a bummer. So I, I, I am curious and it's, it's awesome seeing what Tyrese is doing. Um, so we'll see. I've just kind of looked back and just been like, bro's shooting 21 shots. At Trey, Trey shooting 21 yeah. shots a game. Like Tyrese is shooting 15 a game and hella efficiently. So mm. for me, when I'm looking at my two star point guards, starting point guards, you can say, if Trey's out there chucking up 21 shots a game and hitting damn near, uh, barely 40% of them, I just kind of have an issue with that. And you have DeJounte Murray who's out there. I've seen Hawks games this year where DeJounte's taken over. And I agree with what Zach said. I think it's another thing of, of Trey trying to figure out how to make uh, th- that duo kind of just click. Because you don't know, like, there's just stretches where you watch Hawks games and you'll see DeJounte's going stupid for two quarters at a time and Trey's just kind of sitting there just letting him, go, letting him do his thing. So I, so I agree. I think that the, the, the fit is kind of, they're trying to make it work, or at least Trey's trying to make it work. Uh, but I think that he needs to find another way to do that, maybe by shooting maybe five less shots a game. They're not a duo uh, yet. They're, they're a collection of right. Oh, yeah. Right, right. Yes, yes. Right. Well said. If uh, we could just get into one more thing about these point guards before getting into our yeah. questions. You said Dame, you would take Trey over Dame. Is that circumstantial to the injuries or is yeah. it just in I general? I think it's I think it's hard to not weigh out. I I was talking to a coworker about this. I I fucking love Dame and I think he's one of the most exciting players we've gotten to see over the last like 5 years, but when you are a smaller guard that plays the way that he plays, I mean obviously his shooting could keep him around like the beauty with what Steph does is that he plays with such distance from guys and doesn't get hammered under the rim. He doesn't really need to drive to the rim as much uh, in his game. But I just, the list of injuries that Damus had pile up on him over the last three years, you just sort of feel like when it goes, it goes for those kind of guys. Um, you know, like Kemba was fucking breathtaking. And, you know, obviously Kemba was... I think a little older and carrying more injuries earlier on in his career than Damon's been. And they're injuries that take your athleticism quicker. But I just think for, if you're a Dame fan, enjoy it as much as you can. Cause I don't know how long he is for the league as far as that stuff goes. And that's so, why I think you take Trey. Yeah. Is uh, that but just on reliability. So I, and, I agree with that. And if we're talking about the injury sense, if we were to take, all point guards uh, in the current state that they're in and omit the injuries, just say, you know, whatever caliber of basketball they're playing when they're healthy, play them then. Where would you rank Dame then in the league as far as point guards go? 
like top three Where would or I... five or yeah yeah i would say top five top five certainly um, i was gonna say top five guaranteed top three you'd have to think about it yeah i'd have to sort that out oh he's having another very fucking strong year um but yeah i'd have to i'd have to really like sit and look at the list to figure out my top three um but yeah like it was an easier decision to put sga over trey like that wasn't i didn't even have to think twice on that one i think you look at sga and keep seeing that ceiling go up um if i were a clippers fan i'd be sick i mean if the lakers hand Wembanyama to the pelicans i'll i'll be sick about that for life but if you're if they don't uh, that's got to suck more being a Clippers fan, knowing you just handed that over. Obviously, if you get a ring, great, but um, from PG. But if you don't, and you handed them SGA, that is shitty. It does not look like they're getting a ring either. I'm like, still Kawhi not out on the Clippers. Like, they're not getting like, a ring, bro. I'm not out not. just yet. I, I I was I was. I've really seen Kawhi go. Let race. me see Kawhi in the playoffs. Let I, me yeah, see Kawhi in the playoffs. I gotta see him in the playoffs. I well, gotta see him in the playoffs. Now you're saying this because, like, as long as he stays healthy and shows up for the playoffs, but we did this. We did this. No, in the they bubble could. Year. I, they could sit him out for the next twenty games, just warm him up for five, and let him run. The depth is good I'm enough. Saying, so the, the if, last if they could that... trade for a rim protector, let the depth mm-hmm. with Paul George run into the postseason, get Kawhi ramped up for five games, and let him go. I don't. They're a tough out, and the West is not sold to anyone just yet. And I think if it's like them versus the Nuggets. Them versus the Grizzlies, like they got a real good shot. But why? The last time I saw Kawhi in the playoffs, he almost like it, it was only because of injury that 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 really stopped him. But I remember in the latter half of the playoffs, like semifinals, conference finals, he was he was showing shades of like 2019 Kawhi, where I was like, damn, he, he's looking unstoppable. Somebody got to stop him, and then good. he got hurt. Then yeah, he got hurt. Yeah. If he didn't, so, I, I I still think that if he doesn't mess his knee up in that Utah series, they win the whole thing. Right. Like the Suns I, the Suns beat a Kawhi list. Clippers in six games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kawhi's there. I don't. I don't know if. I don't know if it's I, gonna go the same way. I, I mean, the Bucks would definitely give them a run for their money. It would go either way. But I think the Clippers are a stronger opponent than the Suns are this right. season. Right. The Bucks. I mean, bro, the but, Suns had no business beating the Lakers in that series. They, yeah. they, they, they were historic. It was a historic run of ducking the smoke. Yeah. Of not having to play yeah. AD, not having to play Kawhi, not ha- Jamal Murray got hurt too, right? Yeah. Yep. And MPG, uh, MPJ, I think, as well. Yeah. I don't know if he played that year. So. But, I mean, MPJ, man. There, if there's one guy that fleeced $170 million. He is MPJ. cold. I know he's he, injured, but he is nice when he's healthy. That's yeah, all. he's nice when he's healthy. When um, is he healthy? When you're saying fleece, is he mean, like it's a contract he didn't deserve, like Gordon Hayward. I don't think he. I don't think he proved that he deserved 170 million in the few games he played with the Nuggets. Leading it's up only to because Denver's a small. He market. showed flashes. Yeah, I understand that. Like, you're not. You're never gonna sign a player through free agency when you're Denver. Right. The only way you're getting your superstars are through the draft. I understand that 100. percent But to take that much of a shot on MPJ, mm-hmm. I did not like that. He did not prove that he deserved the money. Let's I agree. I I agree. But in, whatever. Yeah, I, th- I felt like he, what, he, he had that. He had that shot. one poster. He had that one poster dunk in the bubble. He was shooting like that's the only thing I saw on like for. eight three three point attempts a game. He's, we, we no, no, no. he's a great player. He's a great player. I don't want people to think I'm disrespecting him, but 170 million. That's a max rookie extension. Guy DeAndre Ayton didn't even get that. I would give yeah, DeAndre Ayton an yeah. extension before MPJ. But 
Yeah, it's um, fucking crazy. That's, that's the reality. <laughs> is that contract it, worse than the Chris Paul contract? DeAndre, See it's you? 133 mil over four years. Oh, wait, no. Oh, Chris Paul's compared to MPJ's. What's Chris Paul's contract? I think Bradley Beal has one He's of the worst He's got another it's this NBA. year, next year, one more year. <laughs> three Brad years left of Chris bad? Paul? Three years this left of Chris Paul? I believe. Yeah. This year, wow. next year, year after. Wow. That is one of the worst contracts in the. I didn't. I, I did not know that. Let me double check. Let me double check. Let me just double check. Wow. That is so, one of the worst contracts in the league right last, now. Last thing Would, I'll say before we. Or we'll give Zach some time to look it up. Uh, there's a couple teams in the West that I think could use a rim protector because we're talking about teams that are like not. There's not a lock to make it out of the West, but there's teams right. that have Jokic, that have Zubats. That when they if they get to the finals and they got to play Giannis, like I feel like they should stock up. Um, I guess that's the one thing I'll say because like even in New Orleans, like Valanciunas is nice, but they don't. Mm. I don't think they ever. I really, love uh, I love Jonas. Yeah, because we were talking about how the Bucks would have to play the Clippers if they beat the Suns, and they would have to get through Kawhi, Paul George, Batum. Like that would be a nasty defense mm. to get through. But when you get to the paint, <laughs> yeah. like I think they need a, someone to clog it up. Um, okay, so just, it's it's here's this is the Chris Paul contract. You have this year they owe him twenty eight million. Next year, uh, next year he has fifteen million guaranteed, but he's a thirty million dollar cap hit. And the year after is non guaranteed. But oh, that's think, not bad. That's not terrible. Can, can you waive him off of that? Like you'd have to. Don't you have to prove to waive that? Or am I no. wrong? I, anyway, I it doesn't matter. But. Yeah, but I, that, I I thought you meant like he was getting thirty mil over the next like each year for the next three years. Yeah, I was like no, that's no, ridiculous. Um, but anyway, we're gonna end the show off with some questions. We still are gonna have like a good like 20, 30 minutes, of course. But cool. um, instead of ending it off with a segment, obviously we wanted to give our guest a uh, little bit of a spotlight. Um, so I got three questions for you, and then I'm gonna throw a curveball at you. It's a surprise. I didn't DM you about it. I wanted to kind of put you on the spot <laughs> sure, for this one. Sure, sure. But um, obviously. Like we said in the beginning of the episode, you are you you host out of pocket, and you guys have had some dope guests. Um, yeah. For all the listeners out there, if you have not uh, heard of or listened to Out of Pocket, go check that out instantly because they have a very dope podcast. I think you guys Thank are the you. only other NBA podcast other than this podcast when I edit it that I listen to. If I'm being honest, I appreciate it. Thank um, you. Seriously, you got, that means a lot. It is it is a dope pod. It is a great listen. Um, and you guys have had some really dope players coming in and out of it. So for the first question, I want to ask you: Who is your favorite player you've inter- interviewed? On out of pocket and why? Making a pick favorites off the bat. Damn. Um, Bones Highland has been fucking awesome. Whenever we've had him on, he's really easy to talk to, and um, we're working we're working on on something with him uh, for the next year or so. But he's. He is really fucking kind and just a really easy hang. Uh, Boogie's really fun. I tried to get Boogie to like be disrespectful about Chet, and he like looked at me and he could tell he knew that I was trying to get him to say some shit that was gonna get clipped. And you watch me just sort of melt and back very quickly backpedal. Uh, but Boogie was has been very cool. Grant Williams was awesome. I you know. Grant Williams is like a little bit like Draymond in the sense where he's so annoying defensively that like when he's not on your team, he just kind of frustrates the hell out of you as a fan. But he was fantastic as a guest, had great stories, uh, told us about his, him getting ejected, what that was like to get ejected. Um, 
I think those are the ones. I'm sure there's someone slipping through my mind right now. Uh, those guys were great. Bro, the, that we were supposed to get Patrick Beverly. And this oh is before God. he had his Barstool podcast. Right. And I went to the store and bought a pair of Black Air Force Ones to give him on the pod <laughs> as a gift. Like, hey, you, you've earned these. And he, he fucking backed out like an hour before. So I Aww. still have some Black Air Forces in the back of my car for Pat Bev <laughs> when he shows up. And I, I hope he shows up when we offer him and he says no and then we can get him to sign him after because like if we got him and grant williams like guys to embody black air force one energy to sign the shoes i think it'd be a really yeah. fun thing um on the set but those are probably the best ones i've interviewed as far as on out of pocket goes a That's pair dope. of black air forces signed in gray sharpie by pat bev is like a once in a lifetime collectible <laughs> i know awesome. i i don't even think he's a nike athlete so i know he'd give us I don't think he is. I know he'd give us a hard time about it, but yeah. fuck, just getting that signature would be sick. So he he embraces the the black New Balance energy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Of, yeah. Um, uh, all right. Well, moving on. Um, one thing I love about your guys' pod is that like yeah. the vibe you get from it. It's like you're not really pressing these guys about like just like generic NBA questions. It's like a chill hangout session. You kind of get mm. like that that personal side of every NBA players. And, and when you give that kind of vibe and, and you do a show like that, you're bound to hear some funny stories. Um, and the thing I want to ask you is what is the wildest thing you have heard from a player during an out-of-pocket interview? I know Swaggy P has been there. I know Boogie has been there. Like There has <laughs> oh, yeah. to have been something. That... Fuck. Swaggy was great. Uh, we had him like – we've had him like five times. This year. He's sort of like a guest host at this point. He is uh, wonderful. Uh, he take, Swag took like a minute to get comfortable with all of us. And then once he f- kind of finds his footing, he's so easy to talk to and really funny. Um, I'll say my favorite story we got from a guy was... Uh, I got to be careful because like guys will tell us stuff before they go on. And there's like a boogie story that I'd love to tell, but it's not mine to tell. Uh, but, uh, we had Iman Shumpert on and we asked him what that final sequence was like against the Warriors where Kyrie hit that game winner and all of that. And so Shump was actually on the bench, but he talks about, they get into the huddle after the, uh, they get into the huddle on their final timeout. And before Ty Lue can even draw anything, Shump's like, uh, or Kyrie's like, uh, uh-uh. uh, get the ball to me. And get Steph on me, and I'll handle everything else. I, I don't care. Just get me the ball. I don't know what the look you want to do is. Just ball to me and get the switch with Steph. So they go down the court, and Steph immediately runs to JR, knowing full well the ball is not ending up in JR's hands on a late possession in, in a must win game seven of the NBA Finals. And when he switches, when he's trying to run with JR, Shump and JR are both yelling, hey, Kyrie, he doesn't want the smoke. Put him in the deep water. So they run uh, one look trying to get the switch, and they don't get it. He, uh, Steph sort of ducks it, and Shump's yelling, he doesn't want the deep water. Kai, take him to the deep water. And then they get uh, another switch, and that's when Steph has to switch on to Kyrie. And to Steph's credit, did a hell of a job guarding him. Did better shot, unfortunately, and uh, 
so that was very fucking cool uh, to hear that story and, and get to have that conversation with him. Iman Shumpert is one of my favorite players of all time. Uh, he's I awesome. He's I, love him. I have, I have so a funny, funny story. Though. It's not as funny as that. But this is when I was very young. I was in like eighth grade. I won an award. The trophy is actually up there. Won it at my school. It was nice. this thing called Fight to Be Fit, some like online fitness program they introduced to us at an assembly. They said the winner was getting Knicks tickets. As a Knicks fan, I was like, all right, got to do this. Mom helped me out. We got a perfect score on the thing. It's technically national champion, but there was only like, let's say, six schools across the nation doing it. So I say as a national champion. But go to the Knicks game. Uh, I saw J.R. Smith while he was getting his socks on in some like, you know, lounge. Got a signature, on, again, on a ball up there. Met Steve Novak. Nice. Met Landry Fields. Cool stuff. Steve Novak was like one of my favorite players at the time. So, Iman Shumper, I love Iman Shumper because I like his hair. He had like that, uh, the flat top. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, that's what I knew him as at the time. So, I'm down at the, I didn't have courtside seats, but before the game, I got to receive the uh, award on the court. Before we went, though, we're seeing them shoot around. And I'm like, Mr. Shumper, can you please sign my ball? And he comes like, because his rebound came right over to me. He's like, Yeah, I got you. Just let me shoot for a few minutes. Never came back. So that hurt. Damn. Um, That'll happen. I as believe a, it. As a 12-year-old need, kid, that hurt. But I love Shumpert. Iman Shumpert on the podcast. I love Shumpert. Yeah. Rocky. He's great. He's, He's a great so much guest. fun. Um, that was an amazing story. That oh, blew my, that I know blew you my cried. I know I you cried. Think. I know you cried. He's, yeah, he cried. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what I was more upset about. Because, like, Melo didn't play that game either. Oh. They were sitting out for a little <laughs> bit. No, not you, Zach. Not you, Zach. I was like, why? Yeah. That hurts now. The, uh, the only athlete to ever be actively rude to me. So I like before I did this job, I worked at Yahoo Sports, and that's where the podcast came from originally. And before that, I worked for the Ringer, and before that, I worked for the NFL as like a talent booker hmm. uh, and or talent producer, whatever you want to call it. And Jimmy Graham is the only guy that's ever been actively rude to me. So fuck Jimmy Graham. But other than that. <laughs> Sandy, I'll let you, whatever, what's your next uh, question? Well, my next question was, what is the worst experience you've had with any athlete or someone within the media? So I find that hilarious that you you say that. What did um, he say? What, what did he, he say? Answer? Yeah, what did he I, say? Bro, so like, uh, I'll go through three, I'll do three quick stories about this, okay? So okay. when you when I worked for the NFL, they would send us to the Pro Bowl, and I worked for NFL.com doing producing and booking and stuff like that. And so basically, we'd have a room. Uh, and I would be tasked with getting the players to come do our interview and to incentivize them. The NFL players association would pay guys to do things throughout the year. So like, and you have to do a set number of these things on top. You get paid for all of them, but on top of it, you have to do like 15 a year. And this is one that you could check off. But the big sell was it's a 15 minute interview and you get $1,500. And so like, Guys would be funny sometimes if they wanted to say no. Like, J.J. Watt was like, I got to go meet my family. And I was like, I'll get you the next day. And he's like, uh-huh. And then the next day, I was like, ah, oh, J.J., can you do it? And he's like, uh, I uh, I got a thing. And then I was like, you fuck. And then the next day again. And so, like, you can have a fun report, guys. And I get it. Like, listen, you're there. You want to spend time with your families. You want to be on vacation. But you're getting paid at least to do it, so whatever. But, uh, like, DeAndre Hopkins, I asked, do you want to do this? He's like, yeah, ask me tomorrow. So I asked him, and he's like, how much money did you say it was? And I was like, $1,500. And he's like, mm, that's 800 after taxes, and that's not worth my time. And he walked away, and I was like, can't even, can't even disagree with that. <laughs> uh, I 
I I went up to Travis Kelsey, uh, who's he's the fucking best, and he had a really fun rapport about this. He comes into the hotel, and I'm like, "Hey, Travis, can we get you for 15 minutes?" And he's like, "I have a really important phone call with my agent. Uh, I can't this afternoon. Grab me tomorrow, and I'll come by." So the next morning, I wake up and I look at my phone before I show up to shoot, and I have an alert from ESPN: breaking news: Travis Kelsey signs like four-year, $48 million extension with the Chiefs. And I'm like, well, now he's not going to want $1,500. And I show up at the hotel, and everyone's <laughs> clapping for Travis. And he kind of looks through the crowd, kind of like right at me. And he goes like this, and I go walking up to him, and I dap him up. And I'm like, hey, man, congrats. So I was like, you don't really want my $1,500 anymore, do you? And he's like, honestly, I don't really need your $1,500 anymore. <laughs> But he's like, honestly, if I didn't have to do a million radio interviews, I, I'd come in and do it for free. You guys seem cool. But Travis is the man. So, like, you can say no in a fun way. Jimmy Graham was like, I was like, hey, man, can you do this interview really fast? He's like, he, like, looks at me. He's like, no, fuck off. And I was like, what? And I was like, are you serious? And he's like, fuck off and, like, stormed off. And I was just like, okay. that's." I hadn't asked him. I hadn't bothered him. Um, so he just was like, hey, you know what? You catch guys in bad moods and you never know. So like, you know, who am I to judge if he's a bad guy? But that he time of just, the month. Oh, he could be, <laughs> could have been, uh, could have been. And I just was like, you know what? For me, it's like, and then the worst part was he got traded to my, I'm a Seahawks and he got traded to the Seahawks that summer. <laughs> so it was even worse. Cause like I had to be a Jimmy Graham fan, but Fuck Jimmy Graham. So that's that's probably the worst interaction I've had. I love that you bring up DeAndre Hopkins because before I, I go to the last part of the show, real quick, I have a funny story about him. Uh, I went mm. to a Rams game uh, a few years back, and they were playing the Texans. This is when the Texans were – or DeAndre Hopkins was still on the Texans. And yeah. it was a preseason game, so he, like, showed up in uniform and, like, gear and everything, but he had, like, these Adidas shoes on. Like, it was, he wasn't wearing cleats. He was wearing shoes. And he was kind of chilling with J.J. Watt. And my aunt got me these really sick seats. It was, like, the courtside equivalent of, like, football. You know, like, right the stands, like, right yeah. there. Like, I can literally yell at the players. And I got seats right by this Texan sideline. And the Texans were, my, my like, one of my favorite teams because of D-Hop. Like, I'm a huge mm -hmm. DeAndre Hopkins fan. Mm -hmm. So my aunt got me a Rams jersey. To, uh, I still have the Todd Gurley jersey to wear there. So I'm wearing a Rams jersey on the Texan side, right? And I'm yelling at DeAndre Hopkins. I'm trying to get his attention. I'm like, D-Hop, D-Hop, D-Hop. He turns around. He, he chucks up the do sign to me. And I'm like, can I have your shoes? Like, I just screamed that at him. He turns around, looks at me, looks at my jerseys and jersey, and just had disgust on his face. And he turned back around. And I've never <laughs> taken, I've never taken more of an L in my life. I just, I have a video of me like zooming in on him, everything. But um, I just great. wanted to say that real quick. That's but great. Going into my last thing, Zach, I know I DM'd you saying I'm gonna give you a time to tell a story. I'm so happy that you got to tell that Iman Trumpet story and a couple other ones because that's not what's really happening here. Oh my god. Um, Zach, I had to ask you this because I've never got to talk to you about this, and it sure. hurt my heart. From the bottom of my heart, it hurt me. Um, sure. Real quick, for the viewers that don't know, the first job I ever got was at Buckets, and it was because of Zach. I joined the live. Uh, he was the one who um, pushed for that, and I got a text. It was really dope, one of the dopest experiences I've had. And obviously, I follow Zach on Twitter, and I saw the story, Zach, a couple, a couple of months back about a, about a certain someone. I don't know if you guys know her. She's, she's kind of low-key, Bella Hadid. Oh no! And yeah, it's hurt my heart because because as no, NBA fans, we've God, seen a lot of fumbled bags. We have seen a lot of fumbled bags. Gigi. He's not oh, Bell. Gigi, it's Gigi. 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 You're good. Apologies. You're good. You're good. Apologies, but 
We've seen a lot. We've seen Dennis Schroeder fumble eighty-four million dollars. I've seen uh-huh. the. I've seen stories of uh, Latrell Sparrow fumble twenty-one <laughs> yeah. million. And no. I've seen stories of Zach Schwartz fumbling Gigi Hadid. I, I want you pardon? to use this platform to tell the story. That is the story that I wanted you to tell today. Because okay. it, it hurt me. Like, I wanted to reach out to you and be like, are you good, bro? Like, that, yeah. hurt. that hurt my heart. I'm all, I'm all right now. Um, <laughs> so, all right. When I was in college, I worked for the ASU basketball team as a student manager. Super fun gig. Great way to, like, get involved if you want to be an agent or work in basketball or whatever you want to do. It's just a good way to, like, help your resume. It's a brutal job. But we would travel all over. So, you know... I have ADD, and during games, I would sometimes, the game was shit. Not every game is going to be good. I'd look around the stands, and we're playing USC that game. And uh, our bench was right next to the student section, and there was a girl kind of in like the, there was two girls in like the front uh, row right near us. And I glance over, and the girl's kind of like doing this, like staring at me, and gives kind of like one of these to her friends and like points at me and I'm kind of like, Oh, this feels nice. Like no one gives us managers attention ever. So this is sick. And I, I remember, damn, she's really pretty. Like, okay. Like, okay. Whatever. Play it cool. So go to locker room and it, in the locker room, it kind of dawns on me that like, I've, I had actually met this girl once before at a party. Uh, and I, at the time I was a sophomore in college and uh, it was the summer before so I was a freshman in college, going to be a sophomore. And uh, a friend of mine invited this girl and her friends to this party we're all at. And we all get, made fun of them because this girl was still in high school. She was going to be senior. They were all 18, but it was just like, bro, why are you inviting high school girls to our party? And it's there's like a two-year age gap. So it's such dumb whatever. Anyway, uh, so I sort of remember like, oh, she's a senior high school. Like, no, thank you. So game resumes, and she's still kind of like, doing this and like whatever game ends i pack everything up i get on the bus and i'm sitting on the bus waiting to go back to the hotel and one of our players shout out to ruslan pativ comes walking over and he's like hey my friend my friend wants to meet you and i'm like who's your friend and he's like oh she was in the stands i was like oh, blonde girl in the student section huh? and he's like yeah yeah that's like no no i'm not getting off the bus and he's like come on, just come meet her. She's a model. And I was like, no, nah, dude, she's nice. She was like, she's 18. She'll be in college in like three months. What do you care? Like, just come meet her. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not getting off the bus. And the girl was Gigi Hadid. And uh, ironically, I told this story. Uh, I, so I had forgotten that that had happened. Like, because she was not, she was doing like early modeling stuff, but she was not, you know, global supermodel multi 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 millionaire Gigi Hadid um and so I I actually kind of forgot and when I remember the story was retelling it uh to a friend that was on the basketball team his name was Trent Lockett and I signed to Trent and it was Trent and his wife and some friend of theirs that I'd never met that went to ASU with us and I start the story like oh we're playing at the Galen Center and she stops and she goes are you the manager and I was like yeah and she goes is this story about Gigi Hadid and I was like it is and she goes, oh, you fucked up. She goes, she's asking about you for like months afterwards. <laughs> so uh, it is a true story. It uh, is. I made like a video about it a long time ago for Yahoo. And I'm still very proud of that video. It's on my Instagram. You can scroll. You may have to do a bit of a scroll to go find it. But um, it's a very good story. I think I think for both her and I it worked out for the best. You know, she's 
gone on to do great things. I've also <laughs> gone on to do things. <laughs> but you know what? Like, it is what it is. I think it would have been the story. Whatever. Just... It's a, it's a great story now. So basically, what I'm getting from best. this, what I'm getting from this is uh, moral of the story. Gigi, if you're listening, I I I will get off the bus for you. I Say, get off, get off the. I got. I have a awesome <laughs> fucking girlfriend. So, GG, if you're listening, that just hurt talk my to Saini. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, it all worked out. It well, all worked out. He don't need it you. All works out, he don't need though. you, GG. So it, it, it all works out. I had it. Damn right. That's something uh, you, you just. Gotta, you don't. That's something just, you don't think yeah, about. Just, you gotta. You can't sweat that one. You gotta keep moving. Yeah. Keep rolling. Oh no, keep it's keep it's rolling. a great story at this point, and uh, I'm I'm glad I can tell it and get get some laughs. Uh, well, we're we're at the end of our episode, Zach. This was a really dope episode. Appreciate Thank you, you going on. This uh, is, uh, let me know uh, when I can tweet sorry, it out and sorry. all that, and uh, appreciate 100%. you guys for having I'll, me on. Um, this was this was again super dope episode. Blew my expectations. The stories you told were amazing. Um, again, to all the listeners, if you haven't listened to Out of Pocket. I'm telling you right now, go check out Buckets on Instagram. Look at their clips. Watch them on YouTube. Very dope show. Um, Thank you. Only other show I will advocate for other than the podcast. I appreciate it. That is saying something. I was Um, afraid you were going to say, like, (laughs) it's our podcast and Bill Simmons, and I was just going to, like, turn off my camera and fucking leave. Um, But this was super dope. Uh, Again, thank you for tuning in, and we will see you guys in episode 38. Peace.